Okay, so we're in, in this series, Greater Than series, and, and uh, I, I, there actually is a day i got to cut this off, but it just keep, kind of keeps growing on me. It just keeps getting bigger. And so th- this was one that was not even planned when I laid this, uh, laid this out. At least it wasn't planned by me, but God obviously had it in plan uh, this morning. But, but let me just remind you where we've been just a little bit. First of all, uh, we have a message that is greater than Sundays. That's why we need to tell it. Not, not just me, we need to tell it. And uh, next week I was uh, sick and, uh, and I, we didn't have the podcast, we didn't have the recording. I didn't get to hear it, but I've heard a lot of great things John's, John preached and this kind of a central thought. God wants to take you to a greater than life. And the last week, nothing is greater than God. And so this morning I want to I, I share with you this, and, and it's more than just a thought. Um, I posted, tweeted this morning, um, that th- there's a very central, there's a very important, very vital point that I need to make to you today in this message. It is something that's v- very vital to who we are as a church, 2911, our vision, talking about helping people find the dream. But it's deeper than that. It is, it is about Christianity. And, and this morning is that God's dream is greater than our dream. I almost, almost, almost made that plural there because we have more than one dream, don't we? We have dreams. You know, you have dream, you have dream. I mean, we, I almost put it that way, but, it's, but let's leave it there. That God's dream is greater than our dream. Now, let me take you first of all to, to some words that Jesus Christ spoke in the book of Matthew. Haven't brought these to you in a long time. Now, you've heard the, the end of this. You know, you know that, that scripture that says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things be added to you? I want to back up from that. Go ahead and tell you, that's where we're going to end up with it. We're going to read through this real quick. This is not where I'm preaching. This is the setup for it, okay? I'm going to read through this because I want, you, I want you to put that in context. That when he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, what's the context when he says, all these things, here are these things. Matthew 6, beginning in verse 25. Jesus says, therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? How many of you can grow if you just think about it? I mean, that's what he says, right? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toll nor spin, and yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these lilies. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown in the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things that we've been reading about, right? And then he says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things that we've been reading about, that he's been speaking, shall be added to you. What the the things that you need. And he's already said, you know, look how he clothes the grass of the field. And it just lasts for a day or two. But, you know, you're like the apple of his eye. You're his treasure. You're his portion. You're his prize, too. All those things. How much more is he going to take care of these things that you need? He, he says, seek first the kingdom of God. Okay, this morning we're talking about dreams. And, and I think that is, that is a good way for you to understand what he's saying here. There's a, there's a very important truth 
that I need you to get. And I, I hope everybody that attends 2911 is not here right now. is in the second service because I want everybody to hear this. Is that your dream, that God, the dream that God has for you, is included in the dream he has for the kingdom. Meaning that you don't have to chase after all those things that you need that he dreams you will have. What he's saying here is if you will chase after his dream for his kingdom, that will bring to pass his dream for your life. You see, and here's the problem. Just think about it. Look around you and see what Christians are doing today. We're chasing our dreams. We're chasing our stuff. There is an attitude, there's a, there, there's a thought, there's a feeling out here in Christian circles that we can kind of do our own thing. We can kind of fit it in our own way. Find our own way to get to the dream. There's, there's, that's nowhere near anything that in Scripture, and, and, and as a matter of fact, there's Scriptures that tell us, no, we're, we're not supposed to forsake the assembling of ourselves. I mean, this, this is all part of the whole thing. And he says, if you, if you want to reach your thing, then you've got to be a part of the whole thing. And then that's why people who are out doing it on their own, they don't make it. That's why people who, who, who won't accept instruction, and, it, and sometimes maybe a little correction as well, that's why they don't make it. They don't get this, is that he says, I don't have a dream for your life and a dream for your life and a dream for your life and a dream for, I have a dream for all of us and for us to receive it and, and find it. You see, it, it, it is virtually impossible for you to be successful in achieving God's dream for your life outside of God's dream for his kingdom because it is one dream for all of us. Let me lay it on you just a little. Let me really bring it home where you live, okay? I want to really bring it home where you live here just a moment, okay? This afternoon, isn't it crazy how God does things? You know, just lines everything up, you know, just the calendars. This afternoon is 101, 4 o'clock. You know, and, and if you've never been to 101, but you're thinking this might be the church that you're supposed to be at, you need to be at 101 this afternoon. You say, well, I got some time. No, 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 you don't have time. Did you just hear what I said? Your dream is caught up in his overall dream. The things that you need is caught up in his overall thing. Meaning that you can't go chase after your thing without chasing after his whole thing. You say, well, pastor, I'm not sure this is the church for me, but this is where you are right now. That's why I say you need to be here at four o'clock this afternoon and you need to hear if this is the church and, and make a decision so you can get involved. And this is not, if this is not the church that you belong in, you know what you need to be doing? You need to find the church that God has for you because in his, in his big, huge overall dream for his kingdom, you fit somewhere. And your dream is not going to be fulfilled until you're in the place where you fit. And people don't understand sometimes, you know, uh, you know, sometimes I'm accused of running people off or saying, hey, you need to go down the road. Or, you know, I'm not saying that, I'm saying, but hey, if this, this, this church doesn't, man, just make you excited. If you don't wake up on Sunday morning and say, man, I get to go to church, then go find that church that does that for you because it's the place you belong. And because your dream, the things that God wants to give to you are, are caught up in that place of where he wants you in, in his kingdom. And you got to find that. And so if this is it, then be here for and find out this is it. And if it's not, then cross us off your list. Get busy. Uh, I mean, that's what you need to be doing. You either need to be jumping in here with both feet or you need to be crossing us off your list and going to find the place. I, you know, I, I'm not trying to run anybody off. I'm just saying you, you need to be finding that place because your dream is caught up in the middle of this dream. Let me show you how his dream works just a little bit. 
Go to the book of Ezekiel with me, chapter 37. And this, 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 this uh, passage of Scripture has been on my heart for, uh, man, months. I wanted to preach about the Valley of Dry Bones for a long time. And uh, we're going to get to a little bit of that this morning. Ezekiel chapter 37, we're going to read verses 1 through 14. We're going we're to take our time here and preach a little bit. The hand of the Lord was on me, Ezekiel writes, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. Okay, this, this is a vision that he is having. And the vision that he is having is God is showing him, let me show you the dream. God say, I got a dream. Let me show you the dream. And so he gives him a vision to show him the dream. Sometimes God speaks to us. You know, we hear something in our heart and we know that God's speaking to us. Sometimes we're reading scripture and he speaks to us that way. Sometimes uh, we're listening to a song and the Holy Spirit checks us or speaks something to us out of some words and leads us deeper and deeper and, you know, different ways. Here it was a vision. This is how God was showing him the dream. And Ezekiel says, God leads me back and forth among these bones. And I saw a great many bones on the floor, on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. Okay, so, so let's, let's stop here for just a moment. Okay, going to take a little bit of time because, you know, we're taking some time here. We're kind of moving in and, you know, moving around. He says, he, says that, uh, he led me back and forth. So back and forth. I saw a great many bonds. I, I, saw, I saw they were all over the floor, back and forth. I'm looking. I'm seeing all this back and forth and back and forth. All of this is going on. What are these bones? What do they symbolize? You know, down in verse 11, God tells Ezekiel what they symbolize. I want to go ahead and take you to verse 11 because I want you to know here at the very beginning what these bones symbolize. Okay, so verse 11 says, uh, I'm sorry, there was one more slide there. We don't, we don't have it, verse 11 at the end. There we go. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say our bones are dried up, our hope is gone, and we are cut off. He says, this is what they symbolize. Now, here's where a lot of us lose out with God, don't we? I mean, when God starts speaking to us and, you know, put yourself in this place. I mean, you are, you're worn out, you're tired. Anybody worn out and tired? You know, anybody, anybody, a few people shaking your head. You're too, you're too worn out and tired to even raise your hand, aren't you? I'm worn out and I'm tired. You know, worn out, tired, you know, just like they are. Our bones are dried up. Our hope is gone. Oh, that's, that's a lot deeper than just being worn out and tired, isn't it? But if you keep going down that worn out and tired road, you're going to get to the place where hope is gone. It is lost. And they said, we are cut off. Israel is outside of the land of Palestine. They are outside of the promised land right now. They have been dispersed among the nations. Many of them have been carried off to Babylon. They, they have been scattered. And so Israel is saying, we are cut off from the promise, from the dream that God has. We are cut off from that. We're cut off. We're, we're no longer part of it. We're cut off from that. And, and that's where some of you are today. You know, you're, you're, you're at the place. You're at the place where you're worn out, you're tired, or maybe, maybe even hope is beginning to fade, and you, or, or you're at the place where you're cut off. You can't even see the vision anymore. You can't even envision the good things that God has for you. You're wondering if, if maybe, maybe it wasn't really a dream. Maybe it was just a dream that you had one night. Maybe it wasn't even real. And you're wondering, you can't even envision it anymore. And God says, this is who it is. And so we get to this place, we're, we're, you know, we're worn out, we're tired, we're weary or whatever. We're uh, losing a little hope or, or we just feel like, man, it's the vision. I can't even see the dream anymore. And, and, and then God speaks to us. Imagine, put yourself there in Ezekiel's position. You know, you, you got all this, you know, you're just struggling with life. And, and then, you, you know, God says, let me show you something. And you see all these dead bones. And you say, yep, that's me. And you just turn around and walk off, right? I mean, is that the way we kind of approach things? God starts telling us, and we say, yep, that's me. And, and we think, 
God's just spoken death over me. He's telling me I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end up dead. I'm gonna, and, and we cut God off before we listen to the whole dream. I'm, I, what I'm saying to you is chase the whole thing. Don't cut, cut off. Don't stop in the middle of what God is telling you. Chase after him. There's more to the message than just the picture of the dry bones. You know, God's telling him, this is what the dry bones represent, but God's not finished yet. Oh, somebody say, praise God. <laughs> you know, God's not finished yet. I mean, he's just, he, he just is telling me, I know where you are. That's what he's saying. You know, if I, if I say those things, raise your hand, you're worn out, tired. Yeah, some people say, I don't want to claim that. I, no, no, go ahead. God's saying, I know where you are. You're worn out. You're tired. Hope is beginning to fade. You can't see the vision anymore. But God says, I don't want to leave you in that place. So go back to verse 3. And he says, son of man, God speaks to uh, Ezekiel, son of man, can these bones live? I said, sovereign Lord, you alone know. Okay, so let's think about what's going on here. God takes him through. He's he's wandering around, in and out, you know, seeing all these bones and everything. He he is examining the bones. He is re-examining the bones. Back and forth, he's looking at some of the same bones over and over. He is examining and re-examining. He and God are having some conversation here, you know. God says, here's some bones and all of this, and can these bones live? He has posed the question, and so now he has to contemplate the question that God has posed to him. We're talking about connection. There are times that we need to just connect with God. It's time to not do anything except just connect with God. There are times we need to get alone and just connect with God. We love worship. We love music. We love people. We love being in the crowd. But there are times that it needs to be just us and God. They talked. They, he examined. He was looking at the, the situation. He was re-examining the situation. So he looked at it, and he looked at it again. He walked back. And he walked forth, and he went on and on and on again. And he had conversations, as, as in prayers, and listening to God. He had conversations with God, and he was contemplating when God says, I got a question for you. When God challenged him, he had to contemplate. And, and most of us, we get a question on a Sunday morning, maybe the Holy Spirit, you know, I say something, the Holy Spirit really digs into your spirit and your heart, you know? And then we just kind of say, well, hey, man, that was good, you know, kind of check me. No, you need to contemplate. What is it he is asking you? He is asking, son of man, can these bones live? You know, it sounds like God's saying, you got faith? You got faith that the dead can come back to life? And, and, and Ezekiel says, sovereign Lord, you alone know. He was challenging, what do you believe in? I don't believe in dead bones. I, I don't believe in the power of anybody to resurrect himself. But I believe sovereign Lord is able to do whatever God, whatever the sovereign Lord says he wants to do. You alone know. So, so there needs to be times where you get on. And if you don't get those times, you don't have any hope of ever getting to the dream. I mean, forget verse 11, where you even find out what the dream is all about. Forget it. If you don't have times that you and God get alone, there is a time to be alone with God. So when is yours? Well, that, that, that's, a, that's a good question. You know, that was Ezekiel's right there. Here's your, here's your first one. When is your time to be alone with God? If you don't have it, you don't have any hope whatsoever of hearing from him and and being successful at finding the dream for your life. You have to have time alone with him, but you also have to have time to do something. So we go on, verse 4, right? Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. There is a time to sit with God and talk and contemplate. And then there's a time to get up, 
dust your pants off, and go do something. And, and you know, and, and probably before I started this verse, you know, I was thinking this just yesterday, going through these, these verses again. I think, you know, it'd be a good time to just stop right there. And let's go home for a week and come back and hear the rest of this sermon because until we've had that time alone with God, we're not ready to do something, but what do we want to do? I mean, we, we want to skip all the part about praying and about seeking God and about getting deeper, don't we? And we, 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 just, we just want to get to the place of, God, tell me what to do, right? Don't we? We run in the door and say, God, give me the answer. What is the answer? And he said, can't you sit down and talk to me a minute? Come on, you know, we were watching the Cosby show yesterday, you know, one that we recorded. We were watching it, and, and you know, Theo, their son, you know, he's now grown up, you know, moved out of the house. They come down for breakfast, and he's sitting there eating cereal. And they said, what are you eating our cereal for? He said, well, I really came over to see y'all. He said, we're not down here. Why don't you come upstairs and see us before you got a bowl of cereal? He said, well, I knew you'd be down here. That, that's, I think that's the same way God is sometimes. We come in the door and say, God, tell me what to do. God said, don't you have time for me? Are you just here to eat the bounty from my table? Don't you have time for me? And he wants to, do we have time? And then we get to this place of when it's time to do something. And for some of you, it's time to do something, but, but you're behind because you got to back up now and do some of that alone with him. Maybe you can get some of that started here at the close of the service today. But keep it going. For some of you, it's time to do something. What Ezekiel was called to do was to speak the Word of God. We, we talk about the Word of God around here. And listen, one of, the, one of the important truths that you need to get about 2911 is the Word of God is absolute in authority. It is absolute. And where the Word of God is spoken, things happen. Just read you the Scripture a few weeks ago. that God says, my Word will not come back to me empty or void. But when I speak it, it will accomplish what it is set to accomplish. And bring to me, what God is saying there, it will bring to me the fruit that I intended it to accomplish. So when he gives you a word, when he gave Ezekiel a word, speak to these bones and see what happens. Speak to these bones and tell them to come back together and live. Speak to these bones. It was God's word being spoken, not your words anymore. When you get a word from God, it is not your words. It is God's word being, and you need to be speaking that. And some of you, you need, what, what is that dry place in your life? What is that tired place in your life that you need to be speaking some breath and some life into? You know, I say, well, I don't know what to speak. That's why you need that alone time with him so he can tell you what to speak. Because some of you, you need to get into some dry places in your life and speak some renewal and speak some life. Some, some of you, you are at a place where, where the vision is beginning to get cloudy. I can't see the dream anymore. And, and it's easy, especially, and, and young people especially. I mean, there's so many decisions to make and, and so many, so many changes going on in, in society. I mean, you know, it used to be as like changes went, you know, took decades to happen. I mean, changes today take moments to happen, it seems like. And it's so easy for young people to be confused. It's so easy for all of us to get to places of depression that we can no longer see the vision. What are those places of confusion? What are those places of depression that you need to pick up the Word of God and take into your life and, and, and speak it into your life and start praying prayers? What are those places? Some of you, you're, re you're ready. You need to be moving into those places and speaking the Word of God and speaking power. Praying power. I, that's all I'm talking about. I'm talking about praying power, but praying what He gives you to pray. Because then it's his words and it's not just your word. It's no longer a request, God, will you do this? It is speaking in power and faith that God has said this is going to happen. And you need to start moving into some of those places and doing that. Let's go on verse 
Uh, so I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, I think this is verse 7, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. Okay, now you're standing in, in this, uh, okay, this is a, a vision, okay, it's not actually there. But imagine yourself standing in, in the middle of this, and these bones start rattling and coming together. Think about all the horror, horror movies I've ever seen in all my life. You know, all the bones start rattling and coming together. What do you think? This can't be good, right? <laughs> I mean, isn't that what you think? A lot of times when God starts moving, what do we think? This can't be good. I mean, you know, I, I, we had a, a young lady one time when, when uh, I was playing the drums when I was a teenager. In the day and age when I grew up, if you went to church, somebody in your family had a singing group. And if you had any talent, you were in that singing group. Well, it happened. So I, I was playing the drums, you know. Uh, and and, and this, this young lady that was our pianist, she had started drifting away from God. And finally, it became obvious to us, and we kind of had this little kind of a little, you know, come to Jesus meeting, you know, you don't know what those are? Had a little come to Jesus meeting afterwards, go, I mean, hey, wait a minute, we're trying to sing God's praise, and you know, you, you're, you're honest about your rebellion, what are we going to do with this? She said, don't you dare pray for me, because I know what God will do to me. I mean, that's what we think, isn't it? We start hearing the rattling, say, oh no, this can't be good. God's about to find all the skeletons in my closet, and he's about to bring them out, and everybody's going to see them. There always comes a shaking before an answer. There will always be a shaking before the answer. So when you start looking for the answer, you start looking for the miracle, go ahead, make sure your feet are where they need to be. Put yourself down and say, the shaking's coming. His word says that when the shaking comes, the shaking's coming for this purpose, so that those things that cannot be shaken will remain. And so all the stuff that can be shaken fall off and go away. So that those things that cannot be... See, that's what you... Before you start praying and asking God to give you a miracle, you need to make sure you're one of the things that can't be shaken. You need to make sure, I'm ready. I'm ready. Because see, here's another place where we miss, we, we miss it with God is the shaking starts happening. And what do we do? Oh my goodness, it's all going to fall apart now. And we start running. You know, people start you know, jumping out windows and running out the doors, you know, and I got to get out of this church because the shaking is happening. There's always a shaking before there's an answer. The shaking, the bones come together bone to bone. And Ezekiel says, I looked and tendons and flesh. He hung around long enough to see tendons and flesh start to grow on the bones. He didn't get scared of the shaking. He, he said, I'm going to stay. I'm going to see what else happens here. And flesh appeared on them and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then God said to Ezekiel, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, breath, from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they may live. Breathe into these slain that they may... You see, and I was telling you about this, you know, the past few weeks. I've been telling you about this. I told you about this last week specifically. Because what happens is we start praying and believing, man, it's about to happen. We can see it about to happen. And then all of a sudden, it doesn't quite happen. Well... God blew it. He messed up. He, you know, I, he told me to prophesy, prophesy. They came together, but they're still dead laying on the ground. And he says, prophesy to the breath now. Call the wind now. You see, here again, we give up too soon. We give up too quick. Is anybody getting the theme of this thing here? Is this is not an event. This is not a moment. Miracles don't happen. I, I know we read Scripture and we see a moment. But there was time. There were, there, were, there were things that were coming together that God was putting together. This is, and I love to use the word, you hear me use it all the time. I'll give it to you again. This is a chase. 
This is a chase that you and I have to be after, of chasing after God and His miracles. And when, when it all doesn't come together in the first moment, you don't throw it, or throw it away and jump out the window or get scared and run off, but you say, now what, God? What's next? You get in the middle of it. You know, God doesn't just want you around for the presto, there it is. He wants you around for the setup. He wants you around for the, so that you can say, man, look at God, how He's working. Oh, I see that now. So then also you can point to others. And you can say, listen, I see God working. I know it hadn't happened yet, but hang on. I see him working right now. He wants to build that in you. He hung around long enough to see it start happening. And God said, but there's one more thing to do. There's almost always going to be one more thing to do. Somebody told me the other day. He said, it just seems like everything we work on, you know, we work, we work, 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 and then something else pops up. There's always going to be one more thing. But the same God that gave you word yesterday... Come on. He's going to be there tomorrow for whatever shows up tomorrow, and he's going to give you word. There's always going to be a problem in your life. There's always going to be an attack in your life. There's always going to be something that doesn't quite fit or doesn't work out. So what do you do? Give up, quit? No. You got you to figure this thing out, and you got to start understanding how to get with him so that he can speak, and he can give you direction and wisdom, and he can give you words so that you can speak. And then when you get that, then you understand, hey, it doesn't matter anymore. Problems may come, but I know the one that has the answer to every problem that I have right now and every problem that I'm going to have for the rest of my life, and he'll give me the ability to stand and the awesome authority to speak his word and see him work through every one of those problems. That's what he does for us. Problem's going to happen. I mean, that's why we, that's why we want to go to heaven. Understand? You know, that's why we, we want to get out of this. But the good thing about it is he gives us all we need to not just get through it. That's, that's where we're going next. Okay, let's go on. I think it's verse 10. Watch this. So I prophesied, Ezekiel says, as God commanded me, and breath entered these dry bones. There's another part of that. Do you want me to read the rest of that? Do you, do you want to see the rest of that? Aren't you glad it doesn't end? Aren't you glad there's not a period right there? Because I guarantee you that all Israel wanted was just a little bit of life. Give me just a little bit of hope. God, let me see a little bit of the vision again. God, let me have a little bit of a promise that even if I don't get back to the promised land, maybe my children can or my grandchildren can. And Israel's dreams and hopes and requests from God were about this high. But God's dream is greater than our dream. So I prophesied as God commanded me and breath entered those bones. They came to life and they stood up on their feet, a vast army. All Israel wanted was just a little bit of hope, but God's dream was so much bigger. He said, no, I'm going to give you an army. You just want a little bit of vision. No, I'm going to give you an army to fight every battle that you are facing today and tomorrow and all you will ever need. He raised them up uh, an army. And some of you today, you're, you're just saying, oh, this was so good. This was so wonderful to be in the presence of God and just experience the reviving he's given us. And the guy said, no, 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 I ain't done with the reviving. Speak one more time. I'm going to raise you up an army to stand with you this week and to send out with you and wherever you're going whatever you're battling whatever you're facing and whatever new army shows up next week you will know that I am the Lord your God that has put an army inside of you to defeat every enemy that you have coming against you amen his dream is so much greater than your dream you just want to get through but he wants so much more 
you know what? It's not even done right here. I mean, you know, we're thinking, man, that's all. It's not even finished. That's awesome. He's given it. It's not finished. Can I show you these last few verses right here? I think this is 11 through 14. Therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. You don't get that until you spend time alone with him. You've got to get along with him so you can hear what the sovereign Lord says. And listen to what he says. Ezekiel tells them, this is what the sovereign Lord says, my people, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord. When I open your graves and bring you up from them, I will put my spirit in you and you will live and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done it, declares the Lord. See, some of us, we just want a little bit of feel better on a Sunday morning. You know, we just want God to help us get through the problems. We just want God to help us know how to deal with the issues. God, you know, we just come to God kind of like, you know, a spiritual Dr. Phil. God, just kind of tell me how to get through it this week because it was rough last week, God, and I got to have a little bit of direction. God don't want to give you a little bit of direction. God does not want to help you get through it. God does not want to help you deal with the situation. What I read right here is God wants to deliver you from the situation. He wants to bring you out of your grave. He wants to restore all the life, all the vision, all the beauty, all the dream, all the wonder that you once had when you first came to know him. He wants to restore it all into your life. He wants to give it all. He doesn't want to help you deal with the situation. He wants to set you free from the situation. Mm. Then somebody say, even so, Lord Jesus, make it so. Or the little short word we use that means that is amen. Make it so, Lord Jesus. Stand with me, if you will. I do have one last thing I want to share with you. I'd like to do that down here. Will you join us at the front? And if you're a first-time attender, please join us. We kind of like to take this first step forward as just moving toward God a little bit. And all we do is we finish with a, a final prayer and song. Amen. Somebody get that. God does not want me to do better in my situation. He wants to bring me out of my situation. He wants to restore my joy. He wants to give me beauty for my ashes. He wants to give me a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness that has been on me. He wants to deliver me from all of my enemies, not just a few of them. He wants to fill my cup with abundance and running over. Come on, if we were honest this morning, a lot of us came for this much, didn't we? We came for this much just to get by. What if we could open our eyes just a little bit wider, open our minds and open our desires just a little bit wider and say, God, I'm here for a lot more than that. I need more this week. I need more right now today. One last thing. I'll take you back to that very first thought. You got to get this. You got to get this. Your dream is not separate from everybody else's dream. We're all part of the same dream. Who got the army raised up? Who was God calling back from the grave? Israel. Not one, not two, not Ezekiel. Israel. And you know, for every person, that meant something different. 
there were, there were different needs in every family in Israel. But when God says, I'm bringing you up out of the grave, whatever it was that needed to be restored was restored in every single family. Everyone's dream was part of the big dream. So see this. I, I know sometimes we get the picture of Jesus standing at the tomb of Lazarus. And we see him speaking, and I've, I've even heard preachers say, the reason he said Lazarus come forth, if Jesus hadn't said Lazarus and just said come forth, every dead person on all the hillsides would have come out of there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And this morning, he's not saying one or two or three uh, and four. Y'all get to come forth. He says, I am going to bring you out of your graves. I am going to restore life to you. I am going to breathe the breath in you. I'm going to raise up an army to fight for you. Who's you? Are you you this morning? Say, I, yeah, I'm a you. I'm part of you. I'm part of all of that. I'm part of, and, and, and we're not chasing after our one thing. We're chasing after his thing. So make a commitment. Listen, so much of this series, this greater than series, so much of it is about this word commitment. Commit to chasing God's dream for his kingdom. And how you fit into that. Commit to chasing that. Who you're supposed to speak to tomorrow at work or in a couple of weeks when school starts. Who you're supposed to be calling on the phone. Who you're, uh, you know, how you're supposed to respond when the world hurls its trouble and mud at you. How you're supposed to chase after your place in the kingdom of God. Bow with me if you will.